Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here. Welcome to yet another Network Marketing Hero Call. Today, we got Ian Farrar from the Orlando area with Purium, one of the founding distributors, maybe the founding distributor. Yeah, the. The, put that the in front of there, the founding distributor with Purium Health Products, uh, which is one of our favorite legacy companies. Um, Great, great products, unique products real product integrity, a product-based company, been around for long enough to create those legacy incomes. And Ian helped create all of that. So one of the things that I like to tell distributors to give them a perspective on their companies is, you know, we look at our companies, these big giant, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year sales and And uh, one of the things that we forget for perspective is, you know, the company is really nothing more than the owner and founder of the company's personal sales organization, right? In the beginning, somebody founds a company, somebody has to start recruiting. And then those people recruit and those people recruit and, you know, five, 10, 15 years later, you get this huge sales force, you get this huge company but it's really the founder's sales organization. And, you know, people don't think about that. People don't think, well, the founder of the company actually has to recruit somebody to get this thing started. So Mm -hmm. who did they recruit? Mm -hmm. Well, they recruited somebody like Ian, Mm -hmm. who then went on to recruit and, and inspire people and coach people and train people and, 10, 15 years later, you got this huge company, somebody's personal sales organization, a very large percentage of which is yours. Welcome to the Hero Call, Ian. Yeah, thank you much for having me today. Pretty excited to be here. So tell everybody your story. People like to know, before Purium, who were you and where were you and what were you doing? I love this question. You know, actually, you know, I was a full-time athlete when network marketing bumped into me and um, it was actually, normally I don't, you know, party when I'm actually at events and I went out for a night, you know, with some friends and unfortunately had a little too much to drink. And um, I actually uh, threw up on my first sponsor's door and he wanted to know who did this. And this is a former silver medalist in the 1984 Olympics in, 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 uh, in, in rowing. Really, really, you know, great athlete. And um, 
that's how I that's how I bumped into network marketing. So if I didn't go to that event, if I didn't have that night, I wouldn't have bumped into network marketing. But I was a full time athlete at the time. You know, I was a full time cyclist and inline speed skater, and um, I was looking for an income that I didn't have to work a nine to five job. And you know, I became rookie of the year in my first company in 1995, and I kind of ran with it like I run in my sport, not run but ride, and I really took my athleticism pretty seriously. And I knew I wasn't going to make a big contract like baseball or NFL or NHL. But I knew that if I found a product line that I was passionate about and I'm a pretty enthusiastic person, that I could really do well with this type of business. So that was like my first introduction to the industry. What and company was that? That was actually a company called MultiPure, which is a solid carbon block water filter it's a serious legacy company. It's like yeah. 40 years old. Right. And, um, you know, everyone needs a water filter. And, um, but then I found out later on as I, you know, hung out in bookstores because I really couldn't afford to buy the books. I would just roll my checks into more books to read more and more and more. Red Wave 3, Wave 4, your first year in network marketing by... Um, Mark Yarnell. Uh, yeah, Mark Yarnell. And... You know, I just kind of, you know, I'm not, I was like, I'm not with the right company because, you know, it's the consumable companies, the nutrition companies. But then I had a problem because I couldn't align myself with the nutrition company that I knew that could be. So the next best thing for me was to launch my own nutritional brokerage, selling product lines into Whole Foods, health food stores in the New York tri state area. And I did pretty well with that. But you know, one of those companies that I happened to represent was Dave, Dave Sandoval and Amy Venner's company, Pure Planet Organic by Nature. And I met Amy at the Natural Products Expo. And I said, you know what? I have a lot of experience in network marketing. I've kind of built the next best thing, which is a nutritional brokerage selling multiple lines into the health food stores. But I'm a network marketer at heart. And if you really want to take your vision to a greater audience with unlimited potential in terms of people, because there's only about 8,600 health food stores in the United States and companies selling into the, you know, into the health food store, there's competition on the shelf, all the things that come with retail. And I said, listen, if you took these products, network marketing, I literally take it to the moon. And I planned the idea. And then about a year and a half later, I'm in a health food store in New York city actually take, you know, getting an order for their product line. And I got a call from Dave Sandoval, who's very California. He's like, Hey dude, you sitting down. I go, no, I'm standing up in a store. It's 20 degrees outside and I'm, and I'm doing an order. He's like, well, I think you need to take, I think you need to take a seat. I go, okay, great. He goes, listen, I want you to get on a plane because we're going to launch a network marketing company with our products. And I looked up to the sky and I said, yes. So, you know, I flew out there and I thought he just was going to launch with one of his green foods, which he's known for, but he had 53 products. He was working on this for a year and a half. That was 17 years ago, Richard. Okay. You, pla you planted it. You, you actually recruited your company. Now, <laughs> I, have, I think I've heard this story maybe one other time in my 43 years where oh. the, the top distributor in the company actually created the company by telling the people that own it, hey, you, if you started a company, I'd build it. Yeah. It, and, and that's pretty incredible, right? 
out of the thousands and tens of thousands of companies that have launched in the last 17 years, right? Uh, or 43 in my case, um, mm -hmm. that's pretty rare. Uh, well, how'd this all get started story, Ian? That's, um, that's awesome. And so <clears throat> tell everybody how you got started, okay? This was your dream come true. You got to sell the product line that you already knew, the, the formulators of the product line. You knew their yeah. integrity, you knew their formulating ability, um, their vision and their values. How did you go about building the network? Well, I was, you know, I had some training prior to that, you know, and I had some really great mentors in the industry. And I took a break from network marketing because, like I said, I couldn't find myself a product line that I could really align myself with. But I found that and I knew that if I stuck with this product line because it was in alignment with my with my values as well as the owners, that this could be really, really awesome. And it has turned out to be really, really awesome over time. I share with people when you come into you know my organization that I really need you to take a long-term perspective at this business. This business is a lot better than when I first got started. What you're looking at today was a lot different than when I got started. The products, the mission was all there, but now we have all the smokes and whistles that you could make a lot more income in your first 90 days than I could. You know, and I think that's really awesome because there's people that are coming into opportunities that the opportunity is not really there than it was for the people when they first got started. And with us, right. it just keeps on getting better and better. Right. Yeah, we we generally at uh, my company advise people don't join startups. Although every giant legacy company was once a startup, but it's mm -hmm. not for the faint of heart because in the beginning, you don't have any social proof. You don't have any stories to tell people. You don't have a good website. Mm -hmm. You don't have, I mean, nothing you have probably works right other than the products, the packagings. Mm -hmm probably kind of lame and so the people that make it in the beginning of a company boy they they just deserve so much credit for their vision and their courage and their persistence and everybody that's joining today in any of these legacy companies is riding on the coattails of true pioneers mm -hmm. i mean people that took the arrows in the back and they kept going anyway no matter what and so hats off to you, Ian, for having that kind of vision and courage. And thank you. And of course, you're enjoying the fruits of that today. You mentioned that you had some really good training from some mentors. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy to hear who those people are if you want to talk about them specifically, but I'm more interested in what they taught you. Well, you know, I've, I've, I have one. He's, he's passed on now. He was actually one of my athletic mentors. And um, we were on an elite cycling team. I was maybe 22 years old. And he's produced many an Olympian Tour de France riders. And he really taught me the, the importance of discipline. And he said, you'll find your freedom within your discipline because if you're disciplined, you'll be free. So if you're disciplined to do the right things, you'll eventually be free financially. You'll be free with your health and you'll be free in your relationships if you pretty much honor your relationships. And I believe honoring your relationships with your spouse as well as honoring your relationships with 
your business and the people that run with you. So, you know, there, there, there are a number of principles that he really ingrained in me. The other one is there are no failures in life, only lessons. And I've applied those to my network marketing career. This is a 25-year career. I'm in my 25, 25th year in the industry. And I said, listen, if you could get like your book, The Four-Year Career, if you could get into those one to four years and be consistent, you know, you could have tremendous success. Now, the next person that really took me underneath her wing, she actually passed away a little over two years ago. And I always called her my mom in the industry, even though my mom is still alive, she really mentored me and really took me underneath her wing. Her name is Kathy Agata. You may know her. She had a very, very, very large Life Plus business. She was also, you know, one of the top people in Mel Luca, you know, in, in that late 80s, maybe yep. early 90s. Okay. And, um, you know, she just really taught me what hard work was all about. And I'm not like hard work, but really leveraged hard work, really, you know, loving on your team, really being a servant leader. And, you know, there's actually an award that's, that's given out, you know, by our company in her honor. And believe it or not, Sonia Magruder was the first person who won that award because she is totally, you know, she yeah. what Kathy was all about. So between, between, between my athletic, you know, cycling coach, and, and Kathy Agata, those are the two people that probably made the biggest impact on me and that I've carried on into my, into my business career. Okay, well, let's drill down on a couple of those principles. Let's start with discipline. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by discipline and how and where have you specifically applied it to building your business? Okay, well, you know, like I said, you find your freedom within your discipline. And for all the people that are going to watch this, okay, you really do find your freedom. If you're looking for financial freedom, you have to be disciplined in the daily activities to achieve your objective and your goal, whether it be prospecting, whether it be finding, finding you know, prospects for, your, for the business or finding prospects for customers, okay? But also be disciplined with your knowledge base around your products and around how your you know, how your company works. Like, I mean, I remember getting my first, you know, distributor manual and just devouring it. Every word, I wanted to know everything. My first product, which was multi-pure, I wanted to learn how that, how the water filter worked. I wanted to become a, like, you know, a mad scientist to really relay the information, you know, to, to my customer. So more often than not, I share with people, I'm not super duplicatable because I'm very detailed in terms of my nutrition knowledge because I'm with a nutrition company. You don't have to know everything that I know. You just got to follow the system. So right. discipline with the system and your business will grow. Okay. So I, I know it's kind of mincing words, but I want you to break apart for me. What do you mean by discipline? Okay. It's basically... <laughs> It's, it's consistent ever, consistent effort over a long period of time. Okay, listen, if the, pedal, if my, if the pedals are not moving, that means that I'm not going to get stronger over time. So yeah. my analogy to my network marketing business in terms of discipline is that, you know, you keep on moving the pedals, you keep on prospecting, your business will grow over time consistently. Yeah. Well, that's the first time I've actually ever asked anybody that question. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the first time I've heard that answer, but I love that answer. 
Thank you. And the reason I ask that question is I think people sometimes have a bit of a challenge um, understanding, okay, well, discipline, I don't, that's not a word anybody likes to hear. And there's always some resistance around it. Maybe we get people to move forward with it if we redefine it. Mm -hmm. So consistency, I like that. Um, one of my favorite, probably my favorite chart of all times around that is I don't know if you've seen the penny a day chart in the four-year mm -hmm. career, but if you double a penny every every day for a month, it's over $5 million. A lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's because you double it every day. But that's not the interesting number in the chart. The interesting numbers in the chart is how much is it if you double it every other day? It's pretty good, too. It's a, no, it's $163. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> that, I get that's, that. That's the point. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's compounding mm -hmm. and that's a mathematical equation. But, you know, what I don't think we spend enough time really digging into is the art of how the soft skills also compound. Mm -hmm. consistency in, for example, your single daily action compounds. Mm -hmm. For example, if you invite one person a day every day versus one person every other day, that's not, that's not twice as much in terms of enrollment. That's not twice as many people you enroll because you invite twice as many people. There's a compounding effect in that consistency mm -hmm. of inviting one person a day versus one person every other day. And what I love, I, I love that the, your early lesson was discipline. And I, I, I would love for more people to understand what does that mean? And how do I get disciplined? And does that, if that means consistency, how do I get consistency? This is a, I mean, we could do hours on that alone. Mm -hmm. The next thing you said was honor your relationships. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is that, you know, really treat all relationships with the win-win in mind. You know, if you try to take advantage of people, you know, you're not really going to get far in this business. Okay. If you honor your relationships, honor what you say and, you know, really build the right ethics around into your, into your relationship, into, you know, your business with your new distributors, then I think things will, will really grow and you'll build a great culture. And I think that's what we've achieved with Curium. I mean, every organization, you know, of course there's human beings involved, so there will be some social drama, <laughs> just a little social drama, but, but I, I honestly feel that, um, you know, win-win, not win-lose, and you really want to be looking at the best interest of the person that you're working with and not what they could do for you. Yeah, I love that. There's, you know, uh, here's, a, here's a, um, an audit for all of you listening. If, you're if you find your internal dialogue when it comes to prospects or your teammates sounding like, I'd really like to get that person, like, that's how you visualize and language recruiting is getting people. 
or when you think about your team, the, what your internal dialogue is, I really need to get them busy so I can advance. Mm -hmm. I mean, folks, just do an audit of your internal dialogue. That will tell you where you're at on the scale of what Ian's talking about, about serving people, about a win-win relationship. Because if the way you see prospects and the way you see people is that they are there to serve you, you know, really have a limited income in our profession and probably a limited career, right? Mm -hmm. I would agree. The other thing you said, Ian, was, um, I mean, I, you, we kind of changed the subject before you got into it, but you talked about leaning into your leadership, leaning into serving your people. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about your teammates at large, your leadership team and your customers. How do you lean into serving them? Well, you know, leading by example, you know, don't ask someone else to do something that you don't do yourself, which is really, really big. And then I'll bring it back to an analogy of cycling. Like there's a lead out train. If you look at the last few kilometers of the Tour de France, you see all the teams you know, lining up their riders to really, you know, create the pace for the sprinter who's obviously tucked in the, in the, in the draft. And I've been in that position, you know, I'm a sprinter myself, but I was actually responsible for bringing the sprinter, you know, to the line, the last 150, 200 meters. And on the freeway call, that's what I'm doing. I'm pretty much lining it up, lining it up, lining it up. And then eventually, you know, it's, it's their role to like, you know, you know, not close the person, but really, you know, ask them, you know, is this something that you feel comfortable in joining now? You know, really going in, you know, you know, for the close with with that new potential, you know, brand partner that would become part of our team. So you're facilitating other people winning. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I get I get a lot of uh, gratification out of that. You know, I've helped yeah. a lot of other riders in the sport of cycling win, and I've done my share of winning too. But um, it's really, I believe that's what servant leadership is all about. It's just really being of service and, you know, their sacrifices. There's, there's three-way calls that are late at night, okay? And my team knows that, like, as soon as it gets past 10, 30, 11 Eastern Standard Time, I'm not the right guy to call. I'm more of a morning to afternoon guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, they can call me all they want at 10 o'clock. I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So just it's just really, you know, leading the way and um, – you know, being available. People think that, you know, I have the largest organization in the company, you know, and people think that I'm not available. And they're so surprised that I get back to them via messenger. I get back to them within seconds of getting, you know, texting. They're like, oh, I go, listen, I'm more available than people think because I know what it's like to start this business. Is this business easy? No. But is it worth it? Absolutely. And the thing is, it's just sticking with it long enough. I mean, you're going to have your peaks. You're going to have your valleys. You're going to meet people that you think would be great, disappoint you. You know the deal. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's I'm just stuck with it. So <clears throat> question I ask a lot of people is, um, what's the biggest mistake you've made in 17 years? Maybe it was a one-time blunder. Maybe it's something you said. Maybe it was a bad habit. Maybe it was strategy. What's the biggest mistake you made? 
it wasn't strategy. You know, the biggest mistakes that I made probably for my first year in the business was being the person that spoke the most. And I wasn't a, I wasn't as a good a listener. Yep. Okay. And when I had the opportunity to ride for that elite cycling team, my coach said that if you don't start work using these and less of this, this isn't going to work. So I learned that the art of salesmanship comes when you ask questions and you listen. So it's in the listening. So I made the mistake for, you know, a good 12 months and I was successful because I'm enthusiastic and people love the enthusiasm and I had a great product and a lot of people purchased what I was offering. But my mistake was I've lost some good people because I was too overzealous and I was too in your face about yeah. that, you know, this is the best thing and your, your, your job and your degrees mean nothing. You need to do right. it. Okay. All that. You, you got a just over broke and all that rude stuff. All of that, all of that. Because <laughs> yeah. once you know, once you drink the Kool Aid and you start doing well in this business, why would you want to make money any other way? And there are people that do make a lot of money in other things, <clears throat> you know. So in my maturation process, looking back, if I could do it all over again, I'd be a lot more reserved. Yeah, we're we're kind of like heart surgeons. Uh, 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 the analogy of our profession is it would be like you get to be a heart surgeon from day one. The day you mm -hmm. sign up, I want to be a heart surgeon. Right. You get you get to do surgery mm -hmm. on exactly. anybody that you can hold down long enough. Great analogy. Whether you're competent or not. <laughs> Great analogy. So without using the flip side of that as listening being the smartest thing you've ever did, you got to find something else. Uh, what's the smartest thing you've done in 17 years? And you don't get to say pick Perium. That's too easy. Give something, give people something that they can start doing now. The smartest decision that I made was to become the ultimate student of, of being an entrepreneur and this business model. When I tell you that I couldn't afford to buy the books and I hung out in bookstores for years, okay, reading every masterpiece because I knew that the product was me and how I would transfer this, this information to the person that I was sitting down with. So I think your, one of your books was Mach 3 with your hair on fire, all right? It was like- Mach 2. Mach 2. And, you know, I was coming to people at Mach 10 <laughs> because I am, I, I was like, why don't, why doesn't everyone get this? Yeah. So, the analogy so, I use is there's this nice family walking down the country road, you know, mm -hmm. mom and dad and three kids. And mm -hmm. we're driving down the country road at 80 miles an hour and we see them and we go, oh, good prospects. I'm going to get them. So we we drive by them at 80 miles an hour, open the door, and and we don't ask them if they want to ride. We tell them, right. get in, we're going to town. Right. And then we wonder why they end up over bloody in the ditch, <laughs> aren't interested in getting in our car anymore. And all we need to do is slow down to their pace roll down the window and ask a few questions like, where are you headed? Are you enjoying the walk? Right. Would, would you enjoy a ride more than the walk? 
Mm -hmm. But that's not us. <clears throat> no. Right. No, it's not. So hopefully. So most of the people listening to these interviews, Ian, are they're not founding distributors. They're not, um, they don't really have a lot of experience in network marketing. If we just look at the percentages, probably, you know, 80% of the people listening are at the lower ranks in their comp land. Mm -hmm. And they'd probably consider themselves struggling. Um, they just haven't, it just hasn't clicked yet. And as you and I know, that's all mental. It is. It's all, it's all perspective. It's all attitude. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yet everybody only has so much runway mm -hmm. so you know when you're when you're going to take a plane off and you got five thousand feet of runway you got five thousand feet and so you don't get to like put the throttle down and then go 100 yards and pull it back and think about it mm -hmm. and then hit the throttle again and go a half a mile and pull it back and think about it mm -hmm. or slow down and look at the view down the runway, right? You got 5,000 feet or you got 3,000 feet, whatever you got. And if you're not in the air gaining altitude by the end of the runway, you're a yard sale, you're roadkill. And so what would you say to these masses of people that they may think they have forever, but they really don't because at some point, you know, I've been doing this for five years and I'm still at the lowest rank in the comp plan. At some point, that whole story becomes insurmountable for your mm -hmm. own self-talk, for the mm -hmm. people you're talking to, for the people who are watching you. There is some self sense of urgency to get it together, get your head straight, get your heart straight, get into action, and stay in action until you get liftoff. What would you tell these masses of people that are in that place where they're really one decision away? What would you tell them to shift their perspective, to light their fires, to scare them into massive action? Whatever it would take. What would you say to people who are running out of runway? Well, I'm going to switch the analogy, okay? It's called, you know, you burn the boats, okay? You burn the boats, you know, you hit the shore, and, you know, we're, we're, going, to, we're, going, to, we're going to build that enclosure, and we're really going to build something out of this because all the raw materials are available, and we just have to apply ourselves on a consistent basis, okay? So if someone's in that five-year spot, okay, they're in a rut. They're probably working the business every other week, or right. every few days, they're not working on a consistent basis. Because if you're consistent in this basis and you're having constant conversations, you know your 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 living your living prospect list will continue to grow and continue, yeah. to, continue to grow. You're so, creating good chaos. Yeah, <laughs> you got to create. You got to burn the boats, and you have to make the decision to do whatever it takes. And what do you mean by burning the boats? Do you mean quit my job and go full time? No, that mean well, not necessarily, but it's the thing is, you know, that I, I can't go backward. I can't go backward and get on the boat that got me to this specific beautiful place. You know, I mean, you really got to make the decision to like, you know, put your, put your flag in the ground and make, you know, a thousand percent commitment to, to, to making this work. Because as I share with people, okay, this business, all it is, is monetizing the oxygen that you breathe. You know, it's not turning on a light. 
It doesn't, doesn't cost you anything to pretty much make money in this business. When you think about it, you monetize the oxygen that we're given by God, okay, to pretty much impact people's lives and help them with their health, help them with a business. So it, it, when I share that concept with people, hopefully it turns on the light because most people are making transactional income. They go to job, you know, they get paid. And in these, in these times, home-based business is more important than ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of us that are like, oh my gosh, what's yeah. happening in the next six months? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You talk about gratitude. We're like, we don't we don't mind staying home. <laughs> no, I don't mind. You know, and the thing is, you know, I speak. You know, I, I, I speak to my wife all the time. I go listen every Friday. You know, I'm, I'm getting residual income. Every, I mean, you know, the income is coming because I made the commitment years ago you know, to, to embrace this business model. So, you know, people really need to embrace the business model. You really need to understand, you know, how it works, you know, read Richard's book. Okay. Spend time understanding what it is. Don't focus on what it's not. Oh, is this going to work for me? I don't know if I made the right decision. That's all self-limiting belief, inner dialogue that gets you nowhere. Talking to people, all you got to do is speak to one person that says yes, and that could make the rainbow come out and the sun and boom. Right, yeah. And you know, Richard, listen, I've been in the situation where I woke up in the morning and someone as successful as I've been, and my wife's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, nah. And then I send a messenger to someone that I've been talking to, and then they're interested. And Listen, for someone that's been in the game as long as I have, and I've enrolled, a lot of people, believe it or not, it's medicine. It makes the sun come out. Like yep. It makes the clouds and the rain go that way. <laughs> yep. All it takes is one yes. That's it. So what's next for uh, Ian? What does what the next four or five years look like for you? What are you, what are you building now? Money's, I mean, it's, we can always use more money, especially we when can. we have causes we're serving. Mm -hmm. Uh, what are you up to? What's your vision? My, my, you know, I'm, I'm super passionate about really building, you know, the lifestyle into people's lives, not just the Perium lifestyle, but overall lifestyle. My wife and I happen to be, you know, health coaches as well. So we're very passionate about elevating people's consciousness to their relationship with how they live and how they eat. And, you know, our products are in the superfood realm. They're not just supplements. So we're really passionate about that. But, you know, my personal goals over the next four or five years is to create at least five new crowns in my organization, which is pretty substantial volume. You know, like you said, we could always use more money. <laughs> but, you know, money for me equals more abundantly freer time. And I, right. I have a lot of time, but I really love this business. And I love helping people see that there's another way. And I think, you know, the network marketing is the best place to be in a down economy, up economy, and these uncertain times with the economy. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, have, have lost a lot given what's going on in the world and the markets, but they could earn it back quickly with this business. And this business could be the ultimate annuity, unlike, you know, you know, the current markets that people are in. Right. Yeah, the thing about the stock market is, you know, we know it's going to go up over the next 10 or 20 years. That's just mm -hmm. the nature of that Ponzi scheme, right? 
exactly. just going to keep going up. The challenge is when you need your money, I mean, the money in the stock market that you have invested doesn't do you any good until you need it. Exactly. And the challenge is what you don't know when you're going to need it. And you don't know what's going to be happening in the economy when you need it. The smartest people in the world, or at least the people that are public and have a voice, did not predict what's going on in 2020. I mean, there might have been some scientists predicted, but uh, the people that, you know, managed the markets, influenced the markets, they didn't predict it. They didn't predict uh, the, the global downturn in the economy in 2006. Mm -hmm. They didn't predict the dot-com bubble in 2000. They didn't predict 9-11. Uh, they didn't predict Y2K. You can't predict any of those events. They just happen. And when they happen, there's a substantial correction in the markets, including the real estate market. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for investing in equities and real estate, mm -hmm. but they don't even remotely compare to having a residual income where you think about this, your sources of income are spread out over, in, in your case, Ian, tens of thousands right. of people that every month buy 50 or $100 worth of stuff they love, yeah. right? and you get a buck or two, or, right. 50, or 50 cents, right? whatever it is, but your income is spread out over so many income centers, it's right. kind of like, it's kind of like owning 10,000 McDonald's franchises. Exactly. On a smaller scale, but the concept is your income is spread out of so many people that if one of them hiccups, I don't want to buy this product anymore. You don't even notice. Right. I don't. And I don't. That's, I mean, and the whole thing. I mean, if for for dating this interview, folks, this is, you know, March 16th, 2020. We're at the early stages of the coronavirus pandemic, pandemic, <laughs> what do you call it? In the, United, in the United States. And who better to understand the pandemic than us? Because it's 4, 16, 64, 256, 1,024, 4,096. This thing grows via compounding. And so does our income. Mm -hmm. Because if you got, if you, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred people, folks, or you got 10 people, or you got a thousand people, or you got 10,000 people, they can, when properly motivated, they can grow exponentially. And so can your income, which means your security can as well. And, you know, the stock market doesn't do that, and real estate doesn't do that. And, you know, Ian and I are not suggesting that residual income and network marketing is bulletproof. It's not. Mm -hmm. Things can happen, but mm -hmm. no, nothing compares to spreading your income out over 10,000 sources, all of whom might decide to double next month. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is a beautiful system. Beautiful and, system. And you can do it from home. <laughs> Yes, you can. And, 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 you know, you know, recently, you know, just today, you know, we went to LA fitness just to put a freeze on my wife's account there and they closed the gym. So there's people that are losing income 
by the minute right now. And I could literally put them into a business and help them make income if they're coachable and they commit long-term and help them make a whole lot more money than their job pays them every two weeks. Okay. So no, no income like residual income, you know? Right. And it's not like what we have is going to help people next month or two months from now Mm -hmm. that much, but something's going to happen again, right? This is 2020. Right. Mark my words. If you're listening to this interview in 2030, something else has happened Correct. 2020 and who knows what it is, right? It could be aliens. Who knows? <laughs> Something's going to happen to disrupt the status quo. And that's when we're um, grateful that we made a decision some years ago, opportunity for you to prepare. Hey, yeah. we're, at, we're at time, Ian. Um, do you have a, uh, itching to tell us closing thought? Yeah, I was actually going to dovetail on what you just said about, you know, decisions, you know, decisions shape your life. Okay. I made a decision 25 years ago to be an entrepreneur and not be dependent on anyone for my income. Now, of course, you know, my company shuts down, you know, I lose my income, but that's not happening. But decisions shape your life. So if you're listening to this interview, and you're you're running with your company don't second guess it the decision be decisive be decisive with your decision because it will shape your life and it will move your business forward okay so i can't stress that enough okay have the discipline but be decisive okay and no does not mean no no means not now yeah and uh like you said something really important as long as your company doesn't shut down, you've got income for life. And mm-hmm. so people might go, oh, well, what if the company shuts down? <clears throat> well, that's a good question, folks. Mm-hmm. And so the question I would ask you is, what proof does your company have that it's not likely to shut down? Mm-hmm. What most people are influenced by in network marketing is not proof, but promises. So they're listening to some marketing department or some set of distributors saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that's all well and good. Everybody should cast vision and everybody should be motivated and make declarations, but it doesn't compare to proof. Mm -hmm. And proof is if you want to know whether a company that you're going to be building is going to be in business 20 years from now, the best way to know is to ask, well, how long have they already been in business? Right. And if they've already been in business for 20 years, they're very likely to be in business 20 years from now because the hardest part of being in business 20 years is the first seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like running the gauntlet, right? It is. There mm-hmm. are so many things that will take you out of the game in those first few years. And some people in network marketing like to join startups because they think timing makes the difference mm-hmm. or being in the ground floor makes a difference. And they couldn't mm-hmm. be further, they couldn't be more wrong. Mm-hmm. What makes a difference is to find a product that people are going to be buying 20 years from now, whether they get paid to buy it, whether it's popular to buy it. Why? Because they absolutely love it and it makes a difference in their life. Agreed. That's the most important thing 
to residual income and then hitch your wagon to a company that, yeah, that's great that they talk about the future, but hitch your wagon to a company that's proven they have a future because they have a track record. You know, Ian and I, we can afford to join a startup. We want to start over and join some startup. We know better. Mm -hmm. And we have the skills to perhaps survive it, although the odds would be against us, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but if you're relatively new, you're crazy. If you don't join a legacy company that's already proven their products are going to be in demand. Because if you build it, you know, percentage-wise, folks, that's, that's a pretty small percentage of people that actually do it. Anyone can. But hardly anybody does. So if you're one of the people that actually do it, oh my gosh, do it in a company that'll pay you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Ian, uh, awesome to have you on the Network Marketing Hero Call. I love Purim. I love Sonia. I love what you guys have done. And uh, I look forward to seeing what Purim does for offering products and opportunity to people for a long time to come and congratulations to you for having the vision and the courage to recruit your company. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Love it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining uh, Richard Brooks network marketing hero call. We'll see you next time over and out. Yeah. Ciao. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.